Today's talk is about freedom. Freedom is achieved by... So I want to read this. From the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the New Testament. And it comes from the book of Acts, chapter 10. And it says, In the beginning, which has no beginning at all, there was God, and God is all there is today. But the existence of God sought a freedom that was different than the freedom it had known. Of course, what freedom could be different from freedom? When freedom is free, as your freedom is, nothing can be different except the illusion of not being free. Opposites were made from a state of freedom, so freedom may be expressed because it is free. This is the expression of you. You are an expression of freedom. And the bro and brothers and sisters you experience are an expression of freedom as well. Since freedom is all that was given you, freedom is all that you are. But that expression has been used to make something different from that which it is. And so the expression of freedom made lack of freedom. And this is also the expression that you are. You seem to be the lack of freedom, when freedom is what you are. So the lack that you experience is an expression of the freedom that you are. But all of this you have forgotten. For you chose to forget it when you chose an experience different than the experience you know. Most of us do not know that we are free. We think that we are bound to think certain things. We are bound to think the way our traditions told us. We are bound. We're just bound, you know, by this. If this event happens, I'm supposed to think this. And if this event happens, I'm supposed to think that. And then things, circumstances come up around it. It's very confusing. Now, most of us, if anybody here plays the lottery, you're imagining, oh my gosh, the freedom winning a multi-million dollar lottery would give me. And then stuff comes up, as has been proven by every multi-million dollar lottery winner. That wouldn't happen to me. <laughs> I'd know what to do with it. That's what, <laughs> that's what I thought when I started drinking. What might happen to my family won't happen to me. <laughs> and uh, I was wrong. <clears throat> and so stuff comes up, and it's confusing. Wait a minute, I thought I did this so I would experience this. And, and then I didn't, or maybe I did for a minute in the illusion. But you see, through everything, I'm free to think. I keep finding myself free to think, even though I don't know that I'm freely choosing what to think about everything. Does anybody not know that? Does anybody not, who's going to raise their hand? Uh, <laughs> really? Oh, I, I, I'm bound. I have to think this. Nobody wants to admit that. But I invite you to look at your life and your behaviors and your circumstances and think about the things you have told yourself about your circumstances and your behaviors and your parents' behaviors and your grandparents' behaviors and uh, your neighbors' behaviors and... Uh, you know, leadership in the world, their behaviors, the things you tell yourself. And understand, you have been free to tell yourself these things because nobody made you. Nobody made any one of us think certain things. We chose them. 
Now, I may have been taught by my family to, to think certain things, but I kept thinking them. And even, you know, some of us, if we argue, no, I'm not going to think that, and we get hit or whatever. I was not hit. That was not my thing. I'm ashamed. <laughs> I wasn't hit. And I, uh, so I would have to think my, choose to think my, my thoughts in secret. I'd go over here and think them. And, and that way they wouldn't know, so I wouldn't have that battle. I, I remember being yelled at by my mother once and being called certain names in the car. And what I, my freedom to do was silently say, same to you. <laughs> and that was my retaliation. Same to you. But I did it silently. Because a third grader saying those words back to his mother would not have brought about a happy result. Uh, <laughs> and so to pay attention to these things. Ralph Waldo Emerson is our subject, object for today. And his thinking. Emerson, who was one of, I'm going to read this, who was one of the great transcendentalists stressed the idea of living with immeasurable mind for just a moment without really reaching for anything or trying to accomplish anything particular other than to just let go, may we get a feeling of immersion into the infinite. The limitless mind. The creative process. Jesus called it the kingdom within. Just get the feeling of slipping into the cool, refreshing waters as if you were stepping into a pool. Think of this as the limitless, immeasurable mind of the infinite. There's nowhere to go. There is no thing to be. There's nothing to do. Just be. Just be within the infinite. So we're all here this morning within the infinite if we have let go. We're just being. Nobody's coercing us into doing anything at this moment. We're just being. And that's the transcendentalist uh, way that he sought to offer us. Ralph Waldo Emerson was born in Boston on May 25th, 1803. He passed away in 1882. He went by his middle name, Waldo. It was Ralph Waldo Emerson, and uh, he liked Waldo as his first name. He was an essayist, lecturer, a philosopher, an abolitionist, and poet who le led the transcendentalist movement of the mid-19th century. He was seen as a champion of the individualism and a present critic of the countervailing pressures of society. And his ideology was disseminated through dozens of published essays and more than 1,500 public lectures. He, in his own way, started the TED Talk. <laughs> oh, he went around and he, he lectured. His work has greatly influenced the thinkers, writers, and poets that followed him. He said, I, I have taught one doctrine, namely the infinitude of the private man. Emerson is important for the study of metaphysical religions, uh, or religion, and new thought because his writings inspired the principal founders of new thought. Uh, it was that Charles Fillmore read Emerson relentlessly because Emerson was a student of the mind. He, uh, 
He knew it was from the mind that he got his life. Uh, New Thought and its teachers looked to the Platonic teachings, and, he, and Emerson studied Plato, which we talked about at the beginning of this series. And all of it in order to understand the modern-day metaphysics. Another teacher once shared that one can't really understand unity without understanding Emerson and Transcendentalism. All the wisdom of the antecedents of New Thought were channeled in some form through Emerson and combined uh, with the unique contributions of their new appreciation of nature. They provide the philosophical basis uh, for New Thought thinking. In his essay, Self-Reliance, because that, that's Transcendentalism, Self-Reliance. And we need to get clear on what self-reliance means, because otherwise we'll get really fouled up here. Uh, with, if there's a narcissist in the crowd, you will latch on to that self-reliance thing and uh, say, oh, who needs this? I don't need unity. I don't need anybody. I'm self-reliant now, just like Emerson was. But he wasn't. It's a different, it's a different thing. Let's listen here. Uh, Emerson argues that polite society has an adverse effect on one's personal growth. Self-sufficiency, he writes, gives one the freedom to discover one's true self and attain true independence. And yet, he was highly formally educated. He went to a pile of schools, that, he went all the way through Harvard, he did all that. So somewhere in there, he still relied on the teachers. He relied on that before he found his individualism he, he was taught by many. And, and then he formed his own thought. And then he formed his own opinion. But his purpose through, through the self-reliance was, don't be a sheep. Just because somebody else uh, says it, that doesn't make it law. Do your own research. Now, Jesus, Jesus said, I've come to fulfill the law, not break it, not get rid of it, but to, un to understand the law. We must understand it so that we can practically apply it or apply it practically. And, and, and to look into all this and say, oh, now, this church says this about God. Does that make it absolute? No. And this church says this about God. Does that make it absolute? No. Does this church, or this church, or this church, or this church, or this church, what they say about God, make it absolute? No. It is an individual experience. God is complete, completely individualistic for each and every one of us. Who I am is individualistic for me. And who you am is individualistic for you. We, we must find our individualism to find our collective oneness. How we fit into the collective oneness. If we are all one and yet individuals, can you deal with that? Can it be okay for you? You, do not, you are not obligated to your parental teachings. Just because your mother or father or grandmother said it was so, doesn't make it so. They only knew for themselves, and they had probably barely studied that. They probably had not done their homework. 
to express their individualistic self. More than likely, so many of our uh, family, we'll call them, uh, for lack of the word I can't think of, parental units could be a good one, that they were teaching us is how not to be embarrassed in public. What they were teaching us is how not to embarrass them in front of their friends and neighbors. What they were teaching us is how to stay afraid. They didn't mean to teach us that, but they did. Not all of us, but many of us. They were teaching us, you should be afraid, and so you should behave this way and this way and this way. Now, it is my thought, <laughs> this is my own individualistic thought, that I'm sure my mother would agree with. Children in public <laughs> should not impose, upon, impose themselves upon all the other tables in a restaurant. <laughs> Just my thought. Clearly, other, other family units do not agree. If you've been in a restaurant lately where there's children, they don't all agree. And so, I can sit there at my table and I can be upset that these people don't control their children or leave them at home or stay at home with their children. Or I can be at my table and know they're having their stuff and that child is expressing something that I don't understand. I watched a little girl just this morning pick up a sugar pack thing of sugar and hurl it across the restaurant. <laughs> little girl. And uh, what are you gonna do? <laughs> it wasn't my child. And it didn't hit me. <laughs> but I don't want to declare myself less than God or less than loved because I'm in a restaurant with a screaming child across the way. And some of us do. We become less than our God selves in our resentment that, other, that parents don't do, don't train their children better. It's just an example. I, uh, I've been around adults who haven't trained themselves better. And I have judgments of those people too. My favorite was one. This is such a judgment. And I, was at, I, was at BJ, I was at BJ Ryan's at lunchtime, and these two women came in with two small children. And they had toys for their children to bang on the wooden tables while the two women ordered their wine. <laughs> and I thought, who's driving? You all are out drinking and making noise, and who's driving who home? That's, again, my judgment. I enjoyed that judgment. I felt good about myself with that judgment. I, cause, why? Because I was right. <laughs> what I really was was annoyed that they were sitting next to me with pounding, pounding toys. And all, you know what all I had to do? I, I just leaned over to them. I said, you know, it's really loud. And there's other people here. Could, what can you do to quiet the pounding? And they did. And life went on. I'm still holding on to it years later. That's the, 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 the insanity that he's talking about. You know, that I somehow, I was trained as a child. Believe me, I was trained. You don't make noise as a child in a restaurant. You don't stand out as a child in a restaurant. That's how I was trained. I wasn't abused for it. I may be shamed a little bit, but I was never hit for it. None of that. It's just, we won't take you out if you behave like that. 
And so I learned, you don't do that. But how somehow I missed the lesson, you will not steal our car at 11 years old. <laughs> I missed that lesson. I missed the lesson, you will not smoke in fifth grade. I missed that lesson. I somehow missed the lesson, you will not be a liar and a thief and what this and that. I missed those lessons. I'm sure I was told them. I must have been, or I wouldn't have had to sneak to steal the car. I wouldn't have had to sneak to smoke at home until I was 14 when I won that battle. You know, I wouldn't have had to sneak to do things so I knew they were wrong. But I did them anyway. And my thought was, as long as you don't get caught. And that seems to be an attitude we've taken into our adult society and our individualism. What we haven't done enough of is take a loving God into our individualism, as, uh, into our adulthood. To know that we are loved no matter how somebody looks at us. To know that we are loved no matter how much money is in my pocket. To know that we are loved no matter what. We are loved, and I started to talk about this last week, no matter what laws the government's putting into effect, giving or taking, we are still loved. And we have to bless and love the lawmakers. We have to. This country, this country of ours, it's Independence Weekend. We, are our founding fathers, uh, they, uh, they tried. In many ways, they did their best for who they were at the time. They were considered, they were trusted leaders. And they put things together in ways, and it's like when Jefferson put together Declaration of Independence and then and we got our Constitution, he was told flat out, if you try to get rid of slavery, nobody's going to sign this. If you try to abolish slavery now, they will not sign it. And so he had to leave slavery in. And so it took a lot more years to work, you know, we as a country, to get rid of the slavery. And it's still, it's still a problem amongst our people because there are certain people who just hate people who are different. And why do we hate somebody who's different? Because we hate ourselves. There's something in me that I feel so oppressed, I have to go out and oppress somebody else. There's something so missing in me, I can't find God. And so, I'm going to hurt somebody. That's why your parents do it to our children, and that's why we do it to you know, various races and everything, do it to various genders. We try, somebody's trying to control something because they feel they have no control themselves. And it's, they have forgotten the true loving essence that God is. And Emerson, what he was talking about in find your individualistic expression rather than in traditional church where the rules are the same across the board. You know, a traditional Christian church, the rules are the same. It's the same God. It's the same hymns. It's the same everything to tell you this is what God is, and this is the God you should worship. This is the Jesus that is, and this is the Jesus that you should worship because Jesus is God in flesh, and you shall worship in this order. You can't even go directly to God. You have to go through Jesus. And, and somewhere in there is missing... 
The love of God. The love that God is. How do I know? Because I see I see on Facebook a lot. I see there's a woman, now a woman, she was a girl when I went to school with her. And uh, and she preaches on, on about God. That we should all love God. But then she condemns those who don't seem to love God. And nowhere in there do you see an opportunity for forgiveness for people who forget to love God, themselves, and their neighbors all at the same time. You know, so many of us, we keep protection in our house for the, for, for the, because we're planning to be attacked. My brother, years ago, he got a gun to travel across the country in my mother's Chevy Nova after she died. <laughs> and I said, and he had to wait a few days to get the gun registered. I said, why do you need a gun? You of all people, why do you need a gun? And he said, well, I'm going driving across the country. You don't know what? I said, are you going to shoot somebody? He said, oh, no, I don't keep it loaded. I said, then what are you going to do, hit him with it? <laughs> and said he hit a deer. <laughs> And when he was driving back across the country, he hit another deer. He planned for problems. He got it. Now there's a sign in the woods with my brother's picture on it for the deer to see. As well, that's my joke there. Uh, but it's like, <laughs> careful, Kevin Crossing. <laughs> and, and it's like, you plan for problems, you get them. And how do we love those we fear. Well, we got to come up with a new God. And it can't be the God of our parents or their parents. It can't be the God of our founding fathers. Thank goodness we got a God of some sort. I mean, you know, they intended a separation of church and state, and that doesn't seem to be happening so much. I will never tell you who to vote for on this pulpit, ever, ever, ever. And some people confuse politics with uh, mean thinking. You know, I, I don't care about Democrat, Republican, Independent. I really don't. I really don't. What I care about is love or the lack thereof or the opposite of it. I care about that a lot. And I feel that's my job up here on the pulpit. How do we learn to love ourselves so much that we would love the others, whether no matter who they vote for? How could I love you no matter who you vote for? And how can you love me no matter who I vote for? And how can I love the people at the polls no matter who they vote for? And how can I love the people in the newspaper and on the news no matter who they vote for or who they, what they were reporting on? How can I love? Well, I'll tell you how. By going within and asking. Go inside to the individual God in you. See, if this is misread... Someone, someone could think, if they're a narcissist, oh, self-reliance, so I'm free to hate. Truth is, yes, you are. In the love of God, we are free to hate, as I read here. We are free to confuse things. We are free. That's why we have to come together as a community to discuss this stuff. You know, it's not just about listening to me on the pulpit here.
It's through the week. Who are you getting together with still in community or even over there? Do you, does anybody ever discuss the talk once they get to the hospitality counter? Or is it on to other things? I mean, to, get, to discuss these talks so that you're not sheep. You're exploring with one another, you know, I, I didn't understand this, or this, this was a struggle, this was, you know, that we are a spiritual community. We are not a field of sheep who just follows blindly. Clearly, unity is not a field of sheep that follows blindly. We are a group of spiritually minded people who do want to know the purity of love, the purity of wisdom, the purity of of seeing that how so that not just a few of us but all beings could experience true health that all beings could experience true wealth that all beings could experience true harmony so that it's never again about winning but being living together in harmony how how could we do that well we've got to get together and talk about it don't we you know, have people over for lunch or dinner or go out to lunch and, and discuss it. Rather than discussing what's in, oh, can you believe that was in the paper this week? Can you believe they did that? Can you believe that? That doesn't help. And I've said this to several friends now. I said, you know, us hating these people doesn't help. And so I can't have that conversation with you. We've got to find a way for the purity of spirit to come through. I don't believe in a God that wants anybody to suffer. I don't believe in a God that wants anybody to be sick. I don't believe in a God that uh, hates, that wants to win. God itself has already won. The problem is I don't want to live in hell while I'm waiting to get to that understanding. I don't want to walk around living in doubt every day of my life thinking there's something or someone on this street out to get me. You know, a vicious bee attacked Gloria the other night. <laughs> vicious. <laughs> she went outside without shoes on. <laughs> Bees like that. A bee just did what a bee does. And she's experiencing the ramifications. Now, she could choose. She could choose, that bee attacked me. Or I was outside the other night and got bit by a bee. It's very different. It's very different. I could say our air conditioning went out. Oh, you believe this? I haven't been able to sell our house yet. This happened this way. And the air conditioning went out. And then the clicker goes. <laughs> what kind of a country do we live in? <laughs> 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 there we go. So what kind of a country do I live in where God hates me? And then goes, what kind of a world do I live in? It's Independence Day. We're no longer claiming our independence from England and the king. We haven't done that in a long time. We are claiming our independence to think. And to think with what we know must be truth, with what we know must be wisdom. You know, to align ourselves with money 
is to misalign ourselves. To align ourselves with confusion is to misalign ourselves. To align ourselves, even with our body, is to misalign ourselves. Because you see, the thing is, we're aligning ourselves then with something temporary. With something that really does not have a mind of its own. And my body does not have a mind of its own. My, my money does not have a mind of its own. The streets I walk on do not have a mind of its own, or does not have a mind of its own. They, uh, you know, my car doesn't have a mind of its own. I, there's no point in aligning myself with that. I must go within and ask, how do I align myself with what is true? How do I align myself with what is love? How do I align myself with what is wisdom? How do I align myself with the presence that is? That's where Emerson was pushing us. That's where unity pushes us. To align ourselves with whatever is right and pure and true. Think on these things. To align ourselves. I'm going to do one last little reading here. Okay. I used to be able to do this. Uh, and it comes, again, from the book of Acts. And it says, the Son of God is free because God made him freedom. The light is free, because the light is freedom. And then it must be that man, woman, person, is free, because we are within the light, and the light is within us. Seek the light. Seek the light first. Develop your opinions later. Thank you. <laughs>